A reminder, if you'd like to sign up to sing specials, it's available on the back. If you don't sign up, we've killed a tree for nothing. Uh, so make sure you get signed up uh, there. Oh, Arbor Day coming up in a couple months. Um, <laughs> uh, Genesis 15. Genesis 15. We're going to span thir- three, excuse me, three chapters, four chapters. Uh, today, uh, but we're going to do it in a re- relatively timely manner. Genesis 15, remember we closed off last week with verse number 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Which is wonderful promise made to Abraham, and I believe one that in reading through Scripture is, is there for us as well to claim that God will be our shield and our rewarder, uh, as He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. And uh, this promise, though, made by God spoken to Abraham, and Abraham follows that up with, I think, a fair question. He says in verse number 2, And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this uh, Eliezer of Damascus. And And Abram said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. So you see this question being brought up, and we're going to see this This is not going to be the last time Abraham asks a question similar to this. And in this case, he's not being disobedient. Um, He's not being, I don't even think, personally, I don't think he's being doubtful. I think it's just a question. God, you have told me already that you're going to bless and all these kinds of things. And and with uh, with my uh, ancestors, not ancestors, predecessors and all, no, not predecessors. Is it ancestors? Those that come after me. Um, and I'm going to, uh, what is that called? Descendants, thank you. I was thinking, they're thinking, no, ancestors before, predecessors are before. Thank you. Uh, and so anyways, uh, uh, he comes and he says, God, you've not given me any, any children. And I've got this steward in my house. He says, thou hast given me no direct seed. And, and you know, there's been people in my house who have been born in my so-called house I mean, is that, is that what we're looking at? And, and God gives a very direct answer to Abraham in this question. Verse number 4, he says, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. Now remember this, because this is going to come up again in, in just a minute, okay? So God's answering him, though. No, you're, you're going to have a child And that's what I've been talking about. Verse number 5, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward the heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Now remember, we've already talked about the sand. And if you can count the sand, then you can count your seed. Uh, Now he's saying, look at the stars. Have you ever been in the country somewhere? Not in the city, in the country somewhere, and saw all the stars in the sky. Uh, When there's no city light polluting the sky. Uh, It's incredible. And there's just millions upon millions of stars. And so he says to Abraham, look to the sky, and if you can count them, 
That's how many your seed are going to be. Uh, and verse number six, he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he saith unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldeans uh, to give thee this land to inherit it. So question is asked. An answer is given. Look in verse number 18, still somewhat a part of this answer. It says, In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. And he goes on to use some different towns and cities and things as well. But he's just saying, uh, here's the promise that I've made. And he reiterates it to Abram. Here is the promise. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to use your child slash children, grandchildren, and so on and so forth in this blessing. It's a direct, direct line from you. All right, now look in chapter 16. We see a bad idea. Um, and this is the greatest passage for a husband to go to of wife. Seriously, zip it. All right, now I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> Clarifying. <laughs> Just in case. Uh, now, Sarai, still at this point getting ready to be changed to Sarah, but Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto thy maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarah, and Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to be her husband, Abram to be, gave to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. Look down in verse number 15. Uh, and Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare, Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abraham. Uh, we're going to kind of skip through some things to get to the point, but we see here, uh, Sarah said, I can't have children. Here's Hagar. Take Hagar to be your uh, other wife, and she can have children, and I'll have children through her, so to say. And Abraham did this. Again, we don't read anywhere in Scripture where Abraham said, God, is this what you want? Nowhere do we see it. Nowhere do we see where Sarah prays and says, God, is this what you want? Sarah said, God hath restrained me, or the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. He does not allow me to bear children. So here's the idea that I had. If you start any sentence with God hasn't allowed, so here's the idea. Think back to this story. Bad idea. And so Abraham marries Hagar and has a son named Ishmael, uh, which, which I'm not sure how much in detail we're going to cover this in the, in the days to come. We're going to hit Ishmael again, obviously. Uh, so we'll learn more about, but, but it, there's issues uh, with Ishmael. As a matter of fact, um, look in verse number five, we see back in chapter 16 still, uh, we see the regret almost instantly take hold in this situation. Verse 5, And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. 
And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. So basically, everything happened the way Sarah said it was going to happen. And immediately, Sarah goes, I hate this. I hate her. I hate myself. I hate you, Abraham. I, I, I don't like this. It happened exactly the way Sarah said it was going to happen, right? It shouldn't have been a surprise. Yet when it happened, immediately, Sarah was jealous that Hagar was able to have a child and so quickly. And she was hurt by that. I, I believe that's fair to say. And she just got, she got, she, she knew that she was wrong, by the way. And she says that with Abraham. But Abraham said, Sarah, you're the one that I love. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But Sarah, you're the one that I love. You can do with her whatever you want to do with her. And so Sarah chose to deal with Hagar harshly, hard. Uh, hardly, as, as it's uh, put here, dealt hardly with her. And so, so much so, uh, we were just talking about mean girls in high school uh, uh, at lunch, so much so that she was being so mean to Hagar, Hagar ran for fear of her own life, safety, comfort, all of these kinds of things she left. And actually, the angel of the Lord, it says in verse 7, found Hagar. Uh, verse number 8 said to Hagar, Sarah's, uh, Sarah's maid, Whence comest thou? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarah. Uh, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself unto her hands. So many times throughout Scripture, when people who are under an authority figure run away from the authority figure, God says, Go back and be submissive to your authority. That's important to remember, too. We see it in the New Testament, right, with um, Othniel and... and um, Somebody help me out. Philemon, and we see this, this command, go back to your master. Now with that, he also says, I'm going to send a note with you to tell him, be nice. Um, but the angel here says to Hagar, go back and submit to Sarah. Uh, verse number 10, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Um, we see God's care over Hagar here. He talks about the blessings that she's going to receive for her obedience. And, and he says here, I'm going to take care of you. Um, and, and, and he says that they call the name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. Hagar's affliction, not Abraham's, who received the promise, not Sarah, whose husband received the promise. Hagar, the mistress, the, the, the second wife, the, 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 if I can use the word in parentheses, the mistake. And God said, I'm going to take care of you for obeying me. And I've heard your call. I've heard your prayer. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Is there going to be a lasting result for Abraham's sin? For Abraham's mistrust, for Sarah's sin, for Sarah's mistrust, yes. Uh, but here to Hagar, God heard you, and God's going to take care of you. Um, he tells us in verse 12, this, will, this won't matter as much to, in today's lesson, but um, Ishmael will be a wild man, his hands will be against every man, and every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Um, she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me, for she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? 
wherefore the well was called, and they named the well uh, there. And then, and then we read about Ishmael being born. So we see this regret, though, that comes as a result of this bad idea with, with Sarah and Abraham and, and kind of their, uh, their reaction. Uh, maybe it's even safe to say their overreaction to the whole situation. We've been talking about this the last couple of weeks in men's Sunday school, too, um, with a, a, a commitment or a vow that was made to God, very s- s- not smartly uh, made to God. And, and we talked about, you know, just because the vow was wrong doesn't mean you should have went through with the wrong action. Uh, two wrongs don't make a right, so to say. And, and that's kind of what was happening here. You had this piling on effect, so to say, with Abraham and Sarah. So God, though, reiterates his promise to Abraham in chapter 17, really through the first 14 verses. Um, let's read through it quickly. It says, And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, 99, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And then we've talked about that word perfect before. Complete, fulfilled. And I will make my covenant between me and thee. I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face. <coughs> Excuse me. Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, First of all, what a verse. Not a great depth in this verse. But Abram fell on his face and God talked with him. Wow. You know what's incredible is the same happens today. We're not going to hear God audibly, more than likely. But when we take the moment to be before God, God will speak to us. And he says to Abram in verse number 4, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name be any more uh, be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee. And kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee. You see this consistent message with God saying, Abraham, I've made a promise between me and you. It's very personal. He goes on, jump to verse 8, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan and forever lasting possession, and I will be their God. So here we go. My promise is with you and with your seed I will be their God. God said unto Abraham, verse 9, Thou shalt keep my covenant before, uh, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generation. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And it begins to go through this process uh, that the Jews will follow for years and years and years of what to do with the children who are born. Jump down to verse number uh, 15 because now this is where it gets in to a hysterical joke that God plays on Abraham and Sarah. Uh, Verse number 15, God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Uh, And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and uh, she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Now this is again God reiterating the promise that my promise is with you, Abraham, and your 
according to God, your wife is Sarah. And so the, the, the promise is coming through you and Sarah. Verse 17, Abraham fell upon his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? I'm sorry, I should read that correctly. And he said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? So he finds this rather comical. And you look at it and you think, you can't blame Abraham, right? He's going, ah, I think we're past that, God. Chuckle, chuckle, ha, ha. I'm 99 years old. She's 90 years old. Okay. Abraham said unto God, oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. He's still stuck on Ishmael. And God said, after he just got done telling Abraham, it's going to come out of your bowels, which Ishmael did. Uh, but also Sarah is an important piece of this covenant. And in verse 19, he said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac. This is important. He's reminding Abraham, it's you and Sarah and Isaac that my covenant is with. He says, I've heard Hagar, he said earlier, and I've heard you, Abraham. I'm going to take care of Ishmael. He's going to be blessed. Remember, it's not Ishmael's fault how Ishmael came about. And if we'll look to God, God will take care of us. And Hagar looked to God. And God said, I'll take care of Ishmael. And wonderfully, by the way, Abraham cared about Ishmael as well. And God said, I've heard you. I'm going to take care of Ishmael. But my covenant is with you. It's with Sarah. It's with Isaac. Isaac is going to come from Sarah, he says in verse 21, at this set time in the next year, she's going to have a child. And he left off talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. All right, but that's not the end of the, fun, the funniness, right? Verse, no, chapter 18, jump down to verse number 9. Uh, we'll come back to this in a second, uh, the messengers and things like that that came, came through. But um, <clears throat> verse number 9, And they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? So he's got some visitors from the outside that are talking. Sarah's in the tent. And he said, Behold, in the tent. There you go, I just gave it away. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. What did Sarah do? We'll get to that in a second. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old. Reminder, 99 and 90, back in chapter 17. Old and well-stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Uh, verse 12, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? So she has the same reaction Abraham had. Yeah, she's like, I'm at least 90, uh, maybe older. And Abraham is 99. <laughs> okay, whatever you say. 
And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Now there's a question you keep in mind. Abraham laughs at the idea of him and Sarah having a child at their age. Sarah laughs at the idea of Abraham and her having a child at their age. And God's response, very simple, is there anything too hard for the Lord? He didn't say, are you calling me a liar? Because that's what Abraham and Sarah were doing. God said, I'm going to give you a son. And they both went, huh, that ain't going to happen. But he didn't say that. He asked a question that Abraham would need to remember for the rest of his life. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And it's a question that we need to ask ourselves and learn and understand ourselves because there is not anything too hard for God. It says in verse 14, continued, At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah, Sarah shall have a son. Sarah denies her laughing. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. Smart woman, by the way. You, uh, smart anybody who, who, is, who is approached by God asking, Is there anything too hard for me? She feared what was going to happen next. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. It's interesting to me, I've heard this story a lot in my life, and to look at the continued promise of God, I'm going to bless your family. And Abraham and Sarah didn't see how it was going to happen. Sarah thought she was barren, which by the way, she was. And there was a reason for it, we'll get to that in just a second. She was barren. So Sarah goes, I've got an idea. And any good husband goes, great idea, honey. It was not a good idea. It was a bad idea. We see God's continued faithfulness, not just to Abraham and Sarah, but to all who will follow. Hagar needed help. She called on God and God helped. Abraham had a son, an Ishmael, who was not the promised son. And Abraham said, but what about Ishmael? Actually, he was saying, I have a son. And God said, I've heard you. I'm going to take care of Ishmael, but I have promised you that you and Sarah will have a son. Both of them laugh, ha ha, not going to happen, can't happen. Um, Sarah was barren as long as God wanted her to be barren. And she was able to have a child the moment that God desired for her to have a child. To understand that's God's power. That's God's will. That's what God is able to do. And he makes that promise to Abraham. He brings these messengers through in the first eight verses. And we're going to see them again, actually. At, next week we'll look into them. They're going to travel on to Sodom and to Gomorrah. That's next week's story. But they come through. They're messengers from God, angels from God. And they say, where's Sarah? In the tent. She's going to have a kid. Sarah goes, ha, I think we're past that. And God says, why would you laugh? I didn't laugh. Yeah, you did. The truth is, is I am going to fulfill my promise. 
And I'll remind you how I'm going to fulfill in this promise. It's there in verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I can do whatever I want. I have the ability to give you a child. It's not too hard for me. If we can keep that question close to our heart, then when we come down to that question of obeying God or not, because we fear what will happen in obedience to God, because we fear the outcome versus what we can see, know, think, focus, meditate on this question, is anything too hard for the Lord? And if you, the response, the answer to that question is no, there's nothing too hard for the Lord, then obey. And if the response is, God can't do this, and you need to get back in your Bible and understand that God can do anything. And with Him by your side, remember, He's on your side. My question is, are you on His side? It's not a matter of God not loving you enough. It's a matter of you loving God enough. And Abraham and Sarah, listen, common sense would tell you they're too old. To, I guess science would tell you uh, they're too old. But God said, I'm better than that. I've promised you. And so why was Sarah barren? For the glory of God. Abraham was the dad. Sarah was the mom of Isaac. But it continues to show you the miracle of God. And without God, Abraham and Sarah weren't having a kid. And by the way, without God, nobody's having a kid. It's to the glory of God. Everything that God does is to bring glory back to God. And now we can read of a story, and we'll look at Isaac and Ishmael after we look at uh, Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. But you can look at this whole situation and just be like, my goodness, God knew what he was doing. How about that? I give our players on the basketball team a hard time when they actually do what I tell them to do, and it works. I look at my assistant coach and everybody sitting on the bench, and I go, how about that? They did what I told them to do, and it worked. It happens so rarely in the game that they do what I tell them to do. It's always a surprise. But... uh, Amazingly, it's the same, same, even more so true with God. Just, he's not going to lie to you. And he can handle anything. Whatever he tells you to do, he'll give you what you need to do it. And if God says to Abraham and Sarah, you're going to have a child at 99 and 90, or 191 by the time they have the child, guess what? He's going to do it. Don't doubt him. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Next week, we'll look at an incredibly sad story. Uh, We're going to look at these same messengers that came to Abraham now make their way into Sodom and Gomorrah. We're going to see Lot again, um, and we're going to see the destruction that comes and the salvation that was available, uh, but was not not granted. Uh, And we'll look at all that next week. It's it's an incredible story. Uh, We'll get into um, the salt shaker as well. That's kind of a rude way to say it, but uh, we'll, look at, we'll look at all that stuff as well. Let's pray and ask for the Lord's help this week. God, help us. Help us to be faithful. Help us to trust you. 
Um, Lord, may we remember there is nothing too hard for you. And uh, God, I just pray that you would help us to seek you, seek you for decisions that need to be made. Now, so oftentimes we try to make our own path to fulfill your will, and the reality is, is, is we just have to follow your path. So Lord, help us to seek your advice, your counsel, your wisdom for the decisions we make in life that we don't mess up and make bad decisions. And God, help us to not laugh at your promises, but Lord, may we claim them and follow through by obeying you. Lord, we desire to see your greatness. We desire to see your glory. And Lord, we know that if we follow you, the end result will be positive. So Lord, help us. Help us this week to be, to be what you want us to be, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.